welcome to The Bashful Clam Presents What Are You Eating? This is the show where each week we interview a new guest and we get to the tasty details about how food plays a role in their lives. We eat snacks, we play games, and we answer the hard questions like, is cottage cheese good or terrible? In this week's episode, we're joined by one of our dearest friends and our wedding officiant and resident oyster lover, Michelle Blanchett. Michelle's culinary journey crosses paths with both Eleanor and I at different points in our lives, and there's no one better to have next to you in a kitchen. Michelle currently works with our friends over at Hama Hama, and we were lucky enough to steal her away from Olympia to chat about all things seafood. Thanks for being here with us at our table, and without further ado, welcome to the show. Welcome, friends and accomplices, to another episode of The Bashful Clam Presents What Are You Eating? We're here with my dear friend, Michelle Blanchett. Michelle, welcome. Hi! (laughs) Um, I have known Michelle for quite a long time. Uh, She is a part of the uh, Coastal Kitchen crew (laughs) that all go back and have all stayed together over time. Uh, I was thinking about it today, and I feel like... uh, we met at a bonfire uh, out behind Kelsey's house one night, and then um, I think you were just like, we're switching jobs, or we're planning to switch jobs, and then all of a sudden conversations about coming over to Coastal Kitchen happened, and then mm-hmm. we finally got you over, and that was just a blast of a time, ups and downs all over the place. That is exactly, <laughs> I was earlier today, I was like, when is the first time I met Mike, though? And it was absolutely, specifically, a bonfire behind Kelsey's house where we used to screen movies on a sheet. And I, I, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like the movies that the movie that we were watching was Predator, double featured with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which oh, is <laughs> still one of my favorite very double features. <laughs> yes, no, that is that was exactly my. Because we had a few of those nights, but I was like, it was one of those. It was one of, one of, one of the weird ones. Um, yeah, and I was at a funny point in my <laughs> Seattle job life, certainly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we worked at Coastal Kitchen together for a while. Bless you, Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and we've kind of stayed friends since. Um Michelle was the officiant at our wedding. Yeah, kind yeah of I did do that. In, she did the most beautiful job. The most beautiful job, but it's also you know funny because separate from me knowing Michelle and working and like getting the job at Coast Kitchen, uh, she worked at with Eleanor yeah. at Eleanor's That's right. one and only kitchen job. That's right. I'm <laughs> elephant in the room. Michelle and I are. Kitchen history goes back further than she and Michael. It's true. Okay. It's true. <laughs> do, first... do you want to talk about that all night? Well. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about your brief stint? Well, in... I worked at a pie shop. Um, I lied my way into that job. And <laughs> saying that I had had experience in the kitchen, I had not. And um, uh, I was there for a couple months. And then Michelle became um, one of the bakers with me in the morning. And so we got to come in together in the morning, and Michelle was, um, I was really quiet. I am not a morning person. Somehow I got myself a baking job, but I'm not a morning person. And Michelle would come in with all this energy, and I had been in there for like an hour, very quietly crimping my pie edges. And all of a sudden I had this big energy. But actually, we learned to love each other in those mornings. I'm very lovable. Yeah. Um, 
it's funny because I don't consider my didn't consider myself a morning person at the time either. But I think that I was just like, you got the power through somehow. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, no, you taught me how to make those pies. <laughs> those specific, those specific yeah. pies. Yeah. We don't have um, to talk more about that pie shop, but well, it was a wonderful time that we had together. It was. Yeah. A dreamy co-working relationship. Yes. Those mornings were very, very lovely. And I still well, and make they that. Were, and they were damn good pies. And that crust. I mean, like, yes, I crust. still make that well, pumpkin pie, too. And I, I don't want to... I don't want to blow it up too much, but I do remember that they made a really big deal. They're defunct. It's fine. We can yeah. talk about them. <laughs> yeah. um, they made a really big deal about how they didn't want to write down the recipe for the crust because it was, like, proprietary and special Ooh, and this all-butter okay. special crust. So they made all of us memorize it. And so, like, to this day, I'm like, I got that recipe yeah, right, right For a very large here, batch of pies. Which yes. I can scale it down. I got the math right You there. do. I do not. Yeah, yeah, I got you. You want, I've, I've got, I wrote it down for my dad. <laughs> I scaled it down for him to, so, like, a two-crust recipe. It's a great recipe. Yeah. It's important to have a good pie recipe. And it's just, a bunch of things. It's just so. It's just that immediate backfire where it's like, dude, if you'd had it on a sheet of paper, that'd be <laughs> well gone by now. <laughs> and other things happening at the time uh-huh. that would not have been priority, but uh-huh. you made me stick it in there, and so now it's a it's a go to crust recipe. Yeah. yeah, I feel I feel like during the early times of our relationship, you you brought me a uh, chicken I, pot pie. I brought you a well a chicken pot pie, but a I mini, also mini made chicken you a, pot a, pie. a mini uh, pumpkin pie. That's right. I feel like that really won you over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we've you know we've all stayed friends and close ever since. We do dinners and you know meet up as, as much as we can. We were sad to miss you on the last little camping trip out there, but you know, know. it happens. Um, and then now Michelle's working at my favorite oyster farm, Hama Hama. Uh, do you want to That's talk about Hama uh, Hama? How you got started? And yeah, kind of what you're doing I now? actually I had been working in this is the roundabout story. So, you know, <laughs> um, I had been working in specialty coffee for a long time, and then the whole like 2020 thing happened, and I was like, I have to get out of customer facing customer service for a little while at least. And I took a job with the state, and that was the wrong answer. And I think I lasted there a month, and I was on a lunch break after an especially government job moment. And I was sitting in the back of my car in the parking lot behind the government building, scrolling Craigslist for, like, any other job. (laughs) And there was a posting to work for Hama Hama as a customer happiness coordinator. And I was like, I don't know what that means, (laughs) but I can probably do it. And so from the back of my car, (laughs) so from the back of my car in the parking lot of my government job that I had worked at for not a month, I wrote a cover letter (laughs) and sent my resume and got an interview pretty quickly with the wholesale manager there, Justin, who's amazing. Um, Secret is they're actually at Oyster New Year at Elliott's tonight. Oh. And he was like, so you're coming, right? And I was like, <laughs> I have other plans. <laughs> I still never get invited. So. I said, I said, I mentioned, I was like, I actually have a plan. I have plans with Mike Steamy. And he was like, does he want to come? <laughs> and I was like, oh. um, I think it might be a bit of a change of plans. <laughs> 
Um, but so I, I feel like I'm, that's one of those elusive oyster parties. I got you next year if you want to be my date. I love got this, you. Love this. Hundred percent. And last year they had culinary students. Do all they the have, they have like a beauty pageant for oysters. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> most most beautiful oyster. Very yeah. contentious pageant. Sure. It's spicy. Matthew loves to show his off every year. It's, Olympic Wild. <laughs> oh my gosh, Olympic Wild. I think Com Cove keeps taking it. But we sure. last year. Me and one of my coworkers were walking by the most beautiful oyster, but like had our gear on, and they're like, "You can't vote," and we we're like, oh, "What?" And they're like, "You work for Hama," and we're like, "No, we're just fans." And they're like, "You can't vote." We were like, "Fine." <laughs> they have a oyster luge where you take shots off I of an ice luge of oysters. Yeah. So this is right up your alley. Yeah, it's, it's got there. a bunch of like silly banquet food everywhere. There's yep. a bunch of rich people bidding on stuff. Um, it's all for oyster farmers, and uh, it's the S- I, they do the South Puget Sound Restoration uh, yeah. Fund, which is really important for our shores. Um, right. So you know, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not there helping uh air quotes um but and so got the job uh working with the sales department to do some of the coordination for online store and chef customers so i got to text mike on sundays at 10 a.m asking him what oysters he wanted along with the rest of our chefs um and now i've moved into a role in the business office doing some of the bookkeeping and things like that and making sure that the chefs pay us is the new thing that I do, which is a little bit less exciting. But we do eat oysters at meetings, and I really believe in the brand and the people. And we're kind of a company with a few heads and a lot of hats, and we just kind of pass them around as needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we did a interview with Lauren McCool, uh, <laughs> and we were just talking about just like oyster people are the best people. Like, truly, truly, they're the most down to earth. They want to, you know. You just want to hang out and talk about oysters and eat good food and yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 real like the connection to like the food and the place and the work that goes into it. It's like a real down to earth, especially for a luxury food. I think a lot of other luxury foods can get a little bit like mm. disconnected from the work like coffee that I came from where it's like you're so far away from where it's being done that even if you're aware of it it's a lot different when like you're talking to the person who just got off the barge with the oysters and so you get this kind of like I don't know there's something something more salt to the earth about it yeah that's that's cool Yeah. yeah And, like, then the appreciation is there, but also, like, the understanding that, like, this stuff's dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's dig into some snacks here. Okay. You want, you want, to, uh, want, want to tell us what you brought for your snack of the week? Yes, I do. Um, so I thought really hard about it. I'm going to have all the rustling happen. No, I mean, and I thought of all these other things that I could bring that were, like, more esoteric, like... My dad just ate all the weirdest shit growing up. This is a croissant podcast, right? Yes, okay, 100%. Oh, yeah. um, my dad, like, ate really weird snacks growing up, and I was like, maybe I'll bring something that, like, reminds me of my dad, like, the weird stuff he eats, or, like... Can, can, can you elaborate weird Oh, yeah, weird, no, how? like, so my dad is Cajun, um, so some of it comes from that, but, like, one of his things would he would just keep a tube of anchovy paste in the fridge Delicious. and would like <laughs> squeeze it onto his finger and into his mouth. But also like on crackers sometimes. Sure. But also just like the like fridge snack anchovy paste on the finger. I thought about bringing like um, shrimp chips. Or... Shrimp chips are my favorite. I love shrimp oh, chips. And then I was like, or I could bring like cracklins, like pork rinds. Yeah. Because not a lot of people like eat those and I think that they're great. 
And then I realized, and so I was, like, going through all that, and then I was thinking about, like, other stuff that I love. Like, I was thinking about, like, the Cinerama chocolate popcorn mixed with the... And it's back. It's coming back. back. So excited. I did come up with my own chocolate popcorn recipe. In the meantime, Because, well, (laughs) it's been... I live far away, and when it closed, I was like, I need this to still be a thing I can access. because I actually don't love it. But I walk in there and I say to Michael every time, maybe we should get some chocolate well, popcorn. No, what happens is Eleanor loves the first three handfuls. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then after that, it's like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I do, I am a 50-50 sure. chocolate butter. Like, it yeah. has to be the salted popcorn with the chocolate popcorn. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not, it's open again, we try again. Yeah. yeah. It's probably well, I wish I would, like, maybe layer it. Like, start so with the sweet stuff and then go, yeah. When yeah. you mix it all together, it's kind of a combo. Well, which, I, I like, I like the That's salt. Just I live, weird, though. <laughs> yeah. I live for the salty sweet combo stuff. Me too. Um, but then I realized I was like, "What's the snack that's like the me snack?" And the me snack are sesame sticks, Specis- specifically, specifically the garlic ones. Which hilariously, I was going to talk about how like these are so universal and you can find them so many different places. And then Uh-oh. there was a power outage in my neighborhood this morning, and so the one block away co-op that I live from wasn't open because there was no power <laughs> and so i drove across town to the other co-op to get them and they didn't have the garlic ones so these are the salted ones which are also delicious i love sesame i also sticks. went to taste them this morning sticks. on my way up here and i was like i'll just make sure that i still like the salted ones too because i could like stop another place and get the garlic ones and i started eating them i was like i have to still have some mm-hmm. <laughs> when i get here these but make me think of my grandparents my grandparents always had these i used to get these I don't think I've ever had these before. Really? Mm. And like people have different riffs on them. Like I had some like honey ones recently that were really good that were like glazed and sticky, which were nice. Salty sweet thing. Um, but they're so protein dense. In college I used to like when it was like big college study time, it was like this was like my food. (laughs) Like and it's still such like a go to comfort food. They're so the same all the time. Yeah. They're so they're consistent. consistent. Mm-hmm. And they're like... It's nice to rely on it. Yeah. And they're utterly craveable. Like, yeah. they're just... They have a nuttiness to them. They have a saltiness. They have the crunch. They have, mm-hmm. like... Sesame has that almost, like, sweetness to it. Like, mm-hmm. it has that real nut nut butter sort of thing, tahini. Mm-hmm. And so you get, like, a little bit of bitter, a little bit of salty. You can't have these. I'm sorry. No nope. poppy. Um... Uh, they're one of my car snacks. That's a plus car snack. Them. They're yeah. relatively clean fingered. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Good for like yeah. reading a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the garlic ones are the best though. I love the garlic. garlic so. The garlic ones yeah. are top Good notch. movie snack. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But these are my sesame sticks. Yeah. I love that. They're a perfect snack. And I've had them for so long. Like they have just been like a constant in my life. In a way that I feel like I get kind of, like, obsessed with the food and I'll eat a lot of it for a little while and kind of, like, give it up or something like shrimp chips where I'm like, these are great. I don't go, like, get them with my groceries. Mm-hmm. But these are probably in my cabinet you know, most of the time. I don't either. And I love shrimp chips. Mm-hmm. But and they're, like, a thing. Yeah, they're like I guess a that's true. Hmm. Specific thing. And also with shrimp chips. Yeah, they're a specific yeah. salt thing. I love, yeah. like, salty snacks that mm-hmm. you just, like, you crave that little bit of just, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Makes my and mouth even water. Eat- 5,000 of these. 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Just one after the other. And they have enough to them that you don't feel like awful afterwards, mm-hmm. which means that you don't like. Be a great bar snack. Like oh this God. cold beer. Yeah. Oh, it must be. Do you think it's like an allergy thing? Because I'm surprised that you don't see them more. I don't know. Maybe they're I, cheap enough or something? I have no idea. Mm. 
I mean, this was like from the fancy co-op in Olympia. These were like four bucks. That's more than any one person should eat in <laughs> any amount of time. <laughs> Not saying how long they'll stick around in my life, well, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if we make it through this. There yeah. are three of us. <laughs> um, uh, well, I decided to bring chicken wings to our uh, <laughs> to our, to our little snack of the week. Um, I love chicken wings. We were talking about chicken this morning. We watched an episode of Hot Ones, mm-hmm. and it just kind of felt like today was a good chicken wing day. Do you watch Hot Ones? I don't often, but yeah. I've watched a few episodes recently it's for fun. various reasons. I, 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 I enjoy it. And so, uh, you know, we... We sometimes like to get just like Buffalo Wild Wings, but we went with Bacher Bach today, which is a great uh, local Seattle company, and they got a lo- got a location in White Center, so kind of perfect perfect for oh, yeah. us. And yeah. um, we have, um, I think one of them is like a fish sauce. One of them is a Chinese mustard, and then one of them is just their like dry chili, dry yes. chili. I'm so excited about this. Um, I love chicken wings yes (laughs) it's they're so good and i like the fancy ones i'm glad that these are the ones with the different flavors but like a true just like hot wing is like a near perfect food like if i am somewhere regardless of why we ended up there or whatever if there are hot wings on the menu i'm always like somebody else wants to use some hot wings like you (laughs) i i do but like i get a little picky though because if i want like a perfect hot wing I gotta make it myself. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> you know? I just I want I, I'm I'm very particular with what I want from it. Um. Oh, it's droopy. It's yeah, so and droopy. this one's got all the sauce at the bottom. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Dry sauce uh, or, or dry rub or saucy wings? Where do, where do you where I do like you land? A, I like a saucy wing. That's it. I'm also I'm a big fan of like just fried chicken, mm-hmm. but I feel like they live in different worlds for me. Like I want my crust to meat ratio to be a little bit bigger yep. with a dry wing or a dry piece of fried chicken. Whereas with the wings, I prefer the sauce. Yeah. I love a saucy wing. I love a saucy wing. And dipping them. Ooh. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I've got, there was a little. Oh, it's over here. Some sauce. music for the French fries. <laughs> the what? The French fries. <laughs> dipping French fries. The, the early fries. snack. <laughs> the pre-snack. What do you feel? Do you like the dry or do you like sauce? I love, I love sauce. Yeah. Sauce mm-hmm. is where it's at. For me, yeah, like fried chicken, dry. Mm-hmm. Dry, like for me, like fried chicken, I want to add a sauce, whereas yep. wings, I want in a sauce. 100%. Um, how do you feel, um, flats or little drums? I think I, I'm going to take the normie answer and say I do like the little drums, but once I figured out the trick where you just pull the bones out of the flats and make them into perfect little meat bites without having to work for it, mm-hmm. really was a game changer for me. I like that this one has like a fish sauce thing going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fish sauce is fun. That's really good. I was also I was also remembering the best fish sauce wings I've ever had, which was Pock Pock for our for my bachelor party in Portland. And that was a great dinner. I took a very big bite, but yes, those wings <laughs> were so Cause those are like off the chain. Funky, good. funky, Holy funky. Cow. Wait, what, did you say they were fish sauce? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. There is a Korean place in downtown Olympia called Hot Stone that has these spicy chicken wings that are 
not like a fish sauce wing, but are the best, like, sticky sweet chicken yeah. chili wing. Oh, my God. Those are so good. Yeah, I mean, I like, I pretty much like most sauces, with some exceptions, but I pretty much like most sauces, but I just love a classic hot wing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, whatever. The Frank, Frank, Frank's, Frank's Red Frank's Hot Butter. butter. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I think part of it is also like these sauces are very good. This dry chili is actually super tasty. Yeah. Um, I really like the fish sauce, but. I like that mustard. It's punchy. Oh, God, the mustard. I got to get to the mustard. Um, so many places that have, I feel like the traditional sauce is a little bit safer because Frank's Red Hot really, they got it. They did it. They did yeah. it in one. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go far from there. It's just like, don't screw up what they give you in the bottle. You got a pretty good hot wing. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like so many places try to do things with their hot wings yeah. and then end up somewhere else. <laughs> a, little, a little too weird. A place I will not name in Olympia once had what they labeled a honey mustard wing on their menu, which Quentin and I were talking about the other day. Which sounds great. It sounds, oh yeah, it was like they're special for the night. And when it came to our table, it was just a hot wing that, as far as we could tell, had a mixture. It was almost like, um, like goop. (laughs) And so like they put on hamburgers and it seemed like it was just a mixture of mayonnaise and yellow mustard (laughs) that was just like lopped on the outside of this wing. Oh no, how disappointing. It was so bad. It's one of the single worst things I've ever been served in a restaurant. And so like they brought it out and it was like the nightly, it was like on the specials board. It was like a weeknight. So, you know, it was just somebody like trying something. And it was one of those things where we tried it and we were like, this is awful and the server came back over and we were like we don't i don't know how to say this you shouldn't let other people order this (laughs) like this is so (laughs) bad and so i feel like since then i've been a little bit scarred by the restaurant hot wing because i'm like "Uh, i'm going buffalo or yeah i'll wait till i'm at my house are you a dipper like do you like to put it in like ranch or blue Mm -hmm. blue Mm -hmm. cheese either or i'm not picky about ranch or blue cheese yeah I feel like prefer blue cheese, but I like a dip. Yeah. I also like them to be hot. Yes. Hot, hot. Me too. If I'm going to dip. Yeah. Like if, I, I if, 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 I, if I'm doing the blue cheese, it's mm-hmm. going to be the like extreme heat. I want to be sweating out mm-hmm. of every orifice and just, ah. I want to need the sauce. Mm-hmm. Like I need the sauce to be like, it isn't a compliment. It's like, totally. no, no, no. Like you're going to be uncomfortable if you don't also have some sauce with this. I always think about that with hot wings just to circle back for a second, is that, like, they never have, like, a blue cheese or something that people... Because, you know, they get to have, like, a drink. Mm-hmm. Why don't they get to have a sauce, you know, to go with that? Oh, and a hot one? You'd be like... Oh, yeah. What did I say? Did I say hot ones? I think you, you might have hot wings, Oh. Um, so, why don't... Hot I mean, ones with a sauce. Yeah. Well, I think they're trying to focus on their sauces, and so if you kind of... Yeah. Make it, if you cover it up, you lose the points a little bit. I guess. I think that they also don't put a lot of hot sauce on the wings. Hot take. That is true. I think they it is. They get, like, bit. a plain yeah, I think that's little right. drum yep. and, like, a little dot of hot sauce. Whereas if they were, like, coated wings, I think then you could do a dunk yeah. and get away with it. Yeah. I think that'd get expensive for their PA team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing pretty well, I think. But. I think they're yeah. fine, yeah. <laughs> I just have what in sync on. Um, I'm covered sure in the mustard is very good. Very good. It's really good. I am thinking about those bad mustard wings I had. And I was like, I wonder if this is what they were going for. And just <laughs> look, it's entirely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, changing the opinions on mustard. Yeah, mustard wing. I'll order them again. (laughs) We'll give them another try. Um, when you look for snacks, what do you kind of generally look for? What do you what what grabs you initially when you're looking for like a easy snack? (laughs) Um, I'm a big I'm a big salty snack person. Yeah, me too. Kind of salty snacks first. A thing that I've gotten into recently which is kind of boring from a food perspective, is looking for things that have, like, an any amount of protein. Because I realized that if I have, get a snack that I truly need for, like, snacking reasons, not pure pleasure snack, that's a different thing. Sure. Um, but if I'm like, I need a food to get me through the day, if it doesn't have any protein in it, I'm just going to eat it and then feel bad and angry. <laughs> totally. It's a big part that of, is, like, um, is, <laughs> like a know thyself thing, where I'm no. like, no, 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 I need it to have nuts, or we're going to have a bad afternoon. Yeah. Um but I'm a big, like, this, like, real snacky, like, I like something that you can just, like, crunch on and have a handful of and salty, craveable. That's usually my go-to. I also like your, your note earlier about it just not being super messy. Because that mm-hmm. is another, that is a big thing, too, because I love messy, mm-hmm. like, when I eat. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I want to get my hands sticky yeah. with sauce Barbecue and all that good stuff. Anything, yeah. uh, but it's not always the most convenient when you're looking for, like, a quick on-the-go. I consider, yeah. No, I'm trying to think for you because I'm a big snack person. Mm-hmm, I love huge snacks. Snacker. But I don't feel like you're a snacker, really. You're less less, less so. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more of a meal person. It's like chips, jerky. Mm-hmm. I love a jerky. Snickers bars. You know, that's that's my snack. Snickers bars, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snickers bars I mean, wings, you know, like, you know, this is a little yeah. more than a snack. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but close enough. I was going to say, not, this is another my dad thing, but a thing that my dad will do is he will go through KFC and he will order just one piece of chicken. Like, just. Are a, you allowed to do that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's just swindled his way through this, but I've never seen anyone but him do it. But you can just go in, like, order a drumstick or, like, a thigh. And they just give it to you by itself, In and it's bag. like a few bucks. Yeah. And he just goes and gets like just that when he's like, I just <laughs> need something. That feels like a Michael move. That, that, yeah. yeah. That, that and was... I, I think that that again, my dad's my dad's really good at snacks <laughs> and was... unapologetic about how weird he is. So <laughs> I was gonna say you brought up your dad a couple times. Is he kind of your first like food memory? Like where he's... where does food start for you in your life? Both of my parents are huge cook people, cooker people, as we jokingly refer to people who, like, do food things at yeah. home. Um, so my mom is from the Midwest and cooks, like, very comfort mom food. Um, which And she's a wonderful cook. Like, all of my friends used to come to our house when we were kids because, like, my mom was the good cook, specifically, like, a family that we grew up with. They still, like, as adults, their kids call my mom and, like, we're coming for Thanksgiving, right? Because (laughs) my mom can't cook and I want good food. And then my dad was is always really indulgent with his cooking because he doesn't cook a lot because he's pretty busy. He's a doctor, so he works a lot. Um, And especially when we were little kids, worked a lot like was not home a lot so when it was at his day to cook it was always like fried chicken or fried shrimp or gumbo or jambalaya or like these kind of big production things and as he's gotten older and gets to work less he now just like every time I see him he's got some like food experiment happening and I think that he just has like a real joy for food 
and trying things and figuring out. And he's a huge gardener. He's always gardened and, like, grew up on a farm. And so he has that appreciation for it. But my family has just always been, like, a food family. And what's, so, what's, what's been his latest experiment? Oh, God. I'm curious. I don't... I, <laughs> it's, I haven't been home in a minute. He, sure. like... But he's the type that he called me and was like... They make this thing. You can make anything into noodles, and I'm like, Dad. <laughs> he's like zucchini. You just zip it right yeah. through. And I'm like, yep. He's really big on making cauliflower into things that you don't expect cauliflower to be. Hmm. Pizza crust, rice, that whole okay, bag. Okay, 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 okay. Way That's into cool. that. Yeah. He also is finding ways because he gardens so much, and at the end of, especially now, my parents are the only ones at their house. Um, at the end of the season, he ends up with, you know, just piles of squash and tomatoes and et cetera. So it's like, yeah. how do I get some of all of the produce that we have in every single meal, regardless of what it is? <laughs> yeah. Which is a lot of it. Um, learning to be creative, do, do your own and personal to, chop challenge. Exactly. And, like, to not not make it seem like all of his experiments are not uh, are as ill-fated as a couple of those have been. Uh, his sticky rice his black, he got really into the forbidden black rice for a while and made okay. some truly weird rice puddings that were <laughs> comically... I love rice pudding. They're really good. See, they, those were really, guy. I yeah. love it. They, they Too mushy were, for me. It was, it was the forbidden mush. rice one, and it just, he put, I think he did like a coconut milk with it, but I think, okay. I don't know what happened, but it did turn like this strangest color of purple <laughs> and then just like set very starchy and yeah. firm. It was kind of like the yeah. Teletubby pudding. <laughs> but he also also, he has an amazing bacon recipe and has started, like, curing and smoking his own that's bacon. So that's, like, truly the best bacon I've ever had. It's so good. Hell yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's he's also, he's someone who has, like, his foods that he loves and loves them very deeply. And I think that that's part of the reason why, like, my mom is a person who enjoys food and cooks a lot of food and cooked most of our food growing up. And I still have a ton of her recipes that I, like, make for comfort food. Mm-hmm. Do you have any examples? Uh, yeah, it's chicken broccoli casserole. It's like the most mm. Midwest bullshit yeah. in the entire world. <laughs> that sounds I feel so like bad. I feel like casserole is like oh, very, very, it's very Midwest. Midwest. It's very yeah. Midwest. A lot of we had a lot of casseroles. Um, I think they call it something though. Don't they call it something? Well, hot dish is hot dish. dish. That's, okay. But that's a specific. Type that's a of different casserole. thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we're we're not hot dish people. She's from uh, St. Louis, so okay. it's a little okay. farther south than that. Um, We don't do hot dish here. (laughs) They don't have potatoes. It's Missouri. Um, But she, uh, the chicken broccoli casserole is truly like the way she makes it that I've riffed on a bit as an an adult with a a cooker person for a partner. Um, But when I was a kid, it was just like white chicken, chicken breast boiled in some water with some celery and onion and salt and pepper until cooked okay. and then you take that out you dice it you blanch broccoli in the same water okay and then you put that in a casserole dish with the diced chicken and then you make a sauce with a can of cream of celery or cream yes. of chicken soup delicious mayonnaise yep uh lemon juice <laughs> a little bit of the stock which is the water that you just poached everything in sure um, until it's like the right consistency and then you put that over the whole thing and then you cover the whole thing in cheddar cheese and then <laughs> yes. you and then you bake it and then you serve it on rice. Mm. On rice. Thank goodness for it's, this dish. It's <laughs> truly so... God, so good. It's so comforting. Yeah. And it's so, like... Yeah. It's uh, one of the things Quentin has tried to make it a couple of times. My partner, who is a chef, um, has a couple of times been like, I thought you'd need comfort food, so I made chicken broccoli casserole. And he, like, doesn't know how to make it because he tries <laughs> to make it too... Fancy. Like... 
you stray too far from the Campbell soup and yeah. you're in the wrong yeah. place. Yeah. I think That's he also I maybe yeah. will find out that there's mayonnaise in it in this moment. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever given him like the recipe, yeah. but he's certainly eaten it when I've been like, no, this is just what we need to have tonight. Yeah. It is a great use for leftover roast chicken, however. That's, uh, that yeah. That's yeah. usually the, the way we end up going with it. Yeah. I love a classic casserole. I it's make great. a green bean casserole that's really not very complicated every year for Thanksgiving. And I've I had, end up being, like, the only person who eats it. But I love I've it. I've had this I, casserole. I know, you eat it. Yes. Yeah, and you've had this. I've had this casserole. Yes. It's the classic three green ingredients. Three ingredients. There's only three <laughs> ingredients. It's not too tricky. Do but. you use the canned green beans? Oh, sh- yep. Canned that's green the, beans, it's all cream canned. mushroom soup, mm-hmm. and the Franz The crispy, French's uh, crispy French's, French's, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Speaking of things that I can just, like, eat Right, oh, like that's right there. Yeah. I would snack on those if it were like appropriate. Yes. We occasionally do salads with crispy crispy shallots at work, Brilliant. and it's just like handfuls of so like good. <laughs> so good. Have any foods that you like did not like when you were a kid? I wasn't the pickiest eater. My little sister is a very picky eater. She will get mad if she hears this, but she is a pretty picky <laughs> eater. And so compared, and my brother was pretty fussy about food, and so comparatively I never felt like the fussy one. I remember the first time I ate a tomato and liked it, and there was a long time where I was like, I don't like tomatoes. And then I got to a place where I was like, the first time I had one where I was like, hold on. This. I am the same way. <laughs> I have Taste. had that same experience, and one day Elmer will have no. that same experience. No, I one just day. don't think I like them, and that's okay. You like them cooked, though, right? I do, yeah. 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 It's just the... Who was I talking to about this? Someone I think we recently. talked about it a couple Yeah, times I've talked lately. about it on the podcast, but also someone recently, but... um. I, yeah, I don't know. When they're fresh, something about them doesn't taste right to me, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really don't like the, like, goopy seed situation. I could see texture being a big thing. And texture has never been a thing that I have an issue with. I also, like, I, I don't know why I credit my dad with all the weird food in my life. Maybe this is a misaccreditation, but, like, he used to make, like, tapioca pudding, and we used to get a case of persimmons from my aunt in California every cool. year. Mm. And that was, like, precious. And those are so goopy and weird. And, again, one of those things that I grew up with and with other people. I'm like, it's time to have persimmons on my counter for the next two months. And they're like, what the hell are these? (laughs) I had a friend last year bite into – I was ripening persimmons on my counter because I don't get the – I always forget the name of the ones that are more popular. The shorties, the fuyus. Oh, fuyus, yeah. That you can have that say firm and are sweet when they're firm. We always ate the big pointy ones that, mm-hmm. in my mind, are the only persimmon that I don't remember the name of. Hachia. Hachia. There we go. I needed you for this. Um, <laughs> Do you we, have you ever got, done the uh, hoshigaki where you like peel the outside and, and like air dry them? I've massage had them. them into like little jammy jammy things. I've tasted them and they're fantastic. We've never done it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, they're cute. Yeah, <laughs> it looks cool. I've seen like the pictures of like the big fields of them and yeah. they're crazy. But I was ripening the persimmons because you really need to wait until they're like basically liquid in the skin. Like you need them to get so ripe. And before that, they have that like awful astringent thing where they just dry- take all the moisture out of your mouth if you bite into them. <laughs> yeah. And I had a friend who'd never seen them, and I had some ripening on my counter last winter. And he picked one up, and he was like, what the hell are these? And I was like, they're persimmons. They're not ripe yet. And he just Went bit. Right he it. knew it like an apple. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? They're not ripe yet. <laughs> and it was like, 
Luke, what have you done? These <laughs> are precious. Yeah, and so he's he still gets, he came over and I hit all the persimmons recently because I was like, don't get near these. <laughs> uh, there are several. <laughs> Quentin got me many, many persimmons. Yeah. I had some on some chia pudding the other day. It was crazy good. Oh, yeah. Um, as somebody who is partnered with a chef. Yes. Uh, how often do you get to cook? Or how often do you cook? And do you have any things that you kind of go to? I, you know, we trade, we trade off a lot. We trade cooking pretty regularly. Um, he's not working at the moment. And so he's in a real, like, he, I had this moment where I was like, I feel like I haven't been in the kitchen in like two weeks. <laughs> um, but we trade off a lot. I tend to do a lot more pasta dishes and a lot more like vegetable forward dishes and I think that he's always like kind of bewildered by my process because I'm always like I saw these things and they look good and I'm gonna make a food out of them and yeah. he's like I'm going to make this food I have to go get these things okay which I think says a lot about who we are just <laughs> as people to be totally honest where I was like I was at the store these things look good I can make I that like into you're something that kind of person that yeah. you're like yeah. I have all these things this is what I'll make yeah yes I do love having a plan ahead of time but I'm, I feel like I'm a combo yeah <laughs> I'm not I have to like I, I'm like oh I saw this on TikTok here's the recipe <laughs> I gotta go to the store that's yes. how I am yeah yeah and so I think that people assume especially if he's working in a kitchen he doesn't do a lot of cooking at home because it's like who wants to come home from cooking to cook or the cooking that he wants to do at home is the big project stuff not like yeah. make the thing you just made at work but now for us um and so I do a fair amount of cooking at home I feel like my go-to's are I always end up making the pasta dishes because he's less of a noodle lover than I am and I love the noodles mm. do you do you go for the making your own fresh pasta I have I don't usually because no. usually I'm cooking after work sure yeah and so that's and just it's, the it's, life it's, we it's, lead. It's, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's sure. just enough. It's just enough work to be like <laughs> I know I could, and I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely something that I was thinking about recently doing more of. I saw some video of I think Julia Child talking about how making pasta at home is easier so and cheaper. Easy. Yeah. And I was like. I mean, Julia. <laughs> Julia, you were Some only things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> Some things have changed. And, and I don't have need, a diplomat husband. <laughs> you also need, like, a date designated space. You need, like, enough space to roll right. out your pasta. It's mm. not, not easy to set up. our kitchen is so tiny. Yeah. yeah. For as much as we cook, our kitchen is hilariously small. I was just joking with a friend of mine that, like, the solution that we've come up to with our small kitchen is that just slowly our kitchen is taking over the rest of our house. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's slowly, we've got, <laughs> like, kind of a pantry set up next to the dining table. We've got a bunch of equipment that's out in the garage now that we use that doesn't need to be used all the time, including yeah. an extra refrigerator. <laughs> um, that sounds very much like us. Pan so pantry, so refrigerator so downstairs, mm -hmm. pizza oven on the on the side mm -hmm, porch. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, we've got yeah. the smoker out back yep, and the grill out course, back. Of course, of course. Yep. A grill in our fireplace. <laughs> a grill in our, in our fireplace. <laughs> the like, constant finding of places to put like the sausage stuffer, the pasta maker. The... You guys got a sausage stuffer? Yeah, we do. We have one of the Japanese crank ones. That's very fun and very nice. funny to watch. Yes, I bet. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Jokes for days. Um, yeah, no, we got one of those nice sausage sausage stuffers, which is very fun. Hell yeah. That was that was a fun. work this week. It was yeah. delicious. <laughs> it's so good. You can put anything in there, sure can. which is bananas. That's the idea. I guess. Yeah. 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 
anything can be sausage if you mm-hmm. try hard enough. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you, you put your mind to it. Um, do you have any snacks or what, what do you go to when you are feeling sick? Like what's, what's comforting? Oh do my you, God. Do you make your mom's food? Mm, definitely. A hundred percent of the time, especially like her, the like most basic chicken noodle soup in the entire world, which is like not a point of contention in my relationship, but like nearly so where I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to make chicken soup. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, with all these other things in it are like, oh, we could do like a minestrone or, oh, we could do like a white bean and kale. I'm like, no, I'm going to make chicken soup and it's going to have noodles and chicken and celery and onion. And if you ask really nicely, I'll put carrots in it. (laughs) But like, that's like a compromise. And that's like that really basic, like classic food that's like kind of simple. Oftentimes when I make, like, my mom's food, Quentin usually puts hot sauce all over it, which I think is very funny, because I'm like, I would never. This is not... I love hot sauce. I will eat very spicy things. This is not for spicy. Yeah. This is for feeling warm inside. (laughs) I feel like you do that to me. When I, like, make pastas and stuff like that, often hot sauce is going on them. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's the... It's the exciter. I guess I just am not making it that interesting. No. (laughs) Not at all. Which is probably fair. But yeah, the, 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 my go-to sick food is definitely my mom's chicken noodle soup, and then I just put about ten times more garlic than she puts in it. Ooh, there you go. I just, like, really, like, an entire head of garlic <laughs> goes into it, whereas hers, I think, had just celery and onions. Yeah. I think. I like that. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, that's a good sick day meal. I go for the Campbell's chicken noodle soup, oh, so I get, can. yeah, we're straight out of the can. That's, that's very that's specific that's about a, it, yeah, so I, I am. I, I don't know what it is. It's the nostalgia. It's the sodium. The, the sodium. Yeah. The sodium is real. I will say the Campbell's, I haven't had it in a while, but the Campbell's tomato soup mm. straight out of the can is unparalleled. It's as far as like, point. you just throw some cayenne in there, that is a really Soup. Yep. <laughs> really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you love to drink, or what do you love to eat when you are drunk? <laughs> These crunchy little salty snacks. Salty snacks. I end up. I'm not a big. I don't like working when I'm drunk. Is a thing that is true about me. Like, there are some people that like get like inspired or they get like jazzed when they've been drinking to be like, I'm gonna make something. It's gonna be nuts. Like, this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I want work hard. I want popcorn, and I want you yeah. to make it for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I want to find a way to trick someone into bringing me yes. something salty and easy to eat. That's right. I'm going to stay here, and you do that yeah. for me. And yes. I just, I, like, to the point that, like, I don't even want to work hard to, like, eat things. Like, yeah. going out and, like, getting a big, complicated meal when we're drinking that, like, involves more than eating with, like, my hands is not usually it for me i want it to be like a very simple my hangover food is coca-cola and mac and cheese <laughs> Ooh, oh very specific specifically that mm-hmm. kind of um... i almost never drink soda yeah yeah anymore like just like because we're adults and all the joy's been taken <laughs> out of our lives and we sure. drink Lacroix now yeah. um, <laughs> we drink seltzers and we're happy about it I very rarely drink know. anything like <laughs> <laughs> I very rarely drink soda, but if I am hungover, even like mildly hungover, yeah. the very specific please uh, craving 
for a really, really cold Coca-Cola, one of the glass bottle ones. Oh, yes. In cases of them at Costco, we buy about two a year on the outside. <laughs> they just last us. Love it. Nice. Um, and then usually mac and cheese or chicken strips. What kind mm-hmm. of mac and cheese? I We usually Annie's box mac and cheese. Yeah. White I, sauce, yellow sauce. I prefer the ones with the elbow noodles that almost always are with the yellow sauce mm-hmm. over the shells. Mm-hmm. It's more of a shape thing for me. See, for Annie's, I love white sauce. It's a good for sauce. For just, like, straight-up mac and cheese, craft yellow all day. <laughs> I feel like I've replaced so many of, like, I've got, like, my hippie version of, sure. like, so many yeah, of yeah. those foods now. Annie's is good, though. Annie's, like, Annie's is, is, Annie's is super point. good. They just started making, not Annie's, but speaking of, like, the hippie version of, like, <laughs> I don't eat craft anymore, I eat Annie's. There's now, like, a hippie Pringles. And so it's, like, just, like, a Pringle chip, but it's, like, doesn't, it's just, like, potato starch and salt. (laughs) Because that's all it is. Those those uniform chips are just, like, the potato starch shaped into the uniform shapes. But it just has less junk in it than Pringles does, and it's less salty than they are. And it still comes in, like, the tennis ball can. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, they're so good. It's just, like, it's just potato starch in the shape of a little curved thing and man I almost brought those as my snack I almost brought those as my snack they got the hippie ones now so you don't have to feel bad about it I guess that's so true yeah and they come in barbecue and sour cream and onion and two perfect flavors (laughs) yeah so good I totally remember the name of the brand it's It's the one that you see at the natural food store because I have seen them before they're good so it's good to know that they're good Cause I'll get them. They're less salty than, from my memory, than straight Pringles. Okay. Which is yeah. fine. Yeah. Which is fine because straight Pringles are like cut your mouth salty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like start bleeding from the amount of salt on them. Oh, but you favorite. love them. <laughs> I mean, my salt favorite. Michael loves like salt vinegar. It's so good. Yeah. This is not a judgmental so salty. No. It is just like yes. a genuine like it's okay oh, yeah. that there's less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Can you tell us a little bit about the coffee game and kind of how that oh, wow. played into the way your palate has, you know, developed? Yeah. So um, coffee is sort of a thing that I've come in and out of uh, since like my first real quote unquote real job was working for a Pete's Coffee and Tea when I was in high school and they like introduced us to the flavor wheel and the different like they had different varietals, which was very not done like you didn't really get that even at starbucks at the time which was not that long ago but <laughs> Feels in 2006 um <laughs> it, where you know people weren't and especially like in colorado there wasn't any coffee culture mm. as opposed to like in seattle it certainly had it by that time um it was very you know people didn't know what latte art was i remember one oh, of my yeah. co-workers taking one of our milk steaming pitchers at the Pete's in like 2006 and taking a hammer to it and bending a spout onto it because we didn't have spouts. We just had like open rims yeah. because the at the time the style was to just like have a perfectly flat white top on your coffee yeah. with the foam. And he took a hammer and bent a spout because he's like, I've heard about this thing. <laughs> They're making art with the foam. <laughs> and him trying to do latte with just this like hammered piece of shit awesome. milk pitcher. <laughs> um, but so that was my first introduction to it. And then I sort of like moved out here and then didn't get into coffee and then ended up getting into restaurants instead and working there. And then um, 
moving up to Seattle, working in more restaurants, and then I would kind of just, like, jump between the two. And so between when I worked with the two of you, I worked at a coffee shop on First Hill and was looking at other coffee shops um, before I started at Coastal. And then... I forgot about... mm -hmm. It was Sugar Sugar Bakery, yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, before they were sold mm-hmm. back way back in the day. Um, and it was, I mean, the pastries there were bananas. Yeah. Like, looking yeah. back <laughs> on it, I'm like, this place should have been so busy because they were doing like Queen Amon's like so long before anybody what else's. Is that? The, they're the like caramelized, oh, they're very hot right now. Okay. Um, they're the ones that the layers of the pastry have sugar between them. Mm-hmm. And so then when it bakes, the whole thing caramelizes and you get these layers. They were on Great British Bake Off oh. last season. Okay, okay. Um, and they're like fluted. And so then you get these like caramel layers in between <laughs> the layers of pastry. These caramel layers in between the layers of pastry. And so it's almost like a caramel croissant. And then usually they're topped with like a little bit of salt. In any case, so like worked at a coffee shop then. Then when I was working in the deli at the co-op, I originally started as just a barista there before I was managing their kitchen. Um, And then uh, moved back to Colorado and worked at another cafe there uh, with their coffee program. And then got a job with uh, Olympia Coffee Roasting which is very specialty, very, like, high-end coffee, and did that for six years, almost five years. Um, and That's, like, some of my favorite coffee that I've it's, ever had. They're, yeah, they're really very, good. very talented at what they do. Um, and uh, I think that coffee is just, like, it's like wine in the way that you can taste it. You can drink a lot more of it before <laughs> having a bad day, I think. Sure. Um, but I think that it is so interesting and it be so dynamic, and it's something that people drink really bad coffee a lot (laughs) so it's really interesting to see just how dynamic this thing that people are used to like kind of the gas station version of um and i my getting to have my palate there and coming from like such a food background i think it was really easy to kind of jump in and be like oh yeah this does taste like all kinds of stuff and it's wild, and there's so much there. I joke now being in shellfish because we do a lot of tasting and yeah. those things where you draw on a lot of the same experience regardless of what you're tasting, right? Is it's just about sense memory, and it's just about um, tying it back to what does this taste like underneath what it tastes like. Like, oysters taste yeah. like oysters, and then they also <laughs> taste like a bunch of other stuff. Coffee tastes like coffee, but there's so much more there depending on if you're preparing it right and all of that, which is yeah. also very different from oysters where you kind of get... Oysters just change every week, depending on, like, where the water's been before it goes over your oyster yeah, that you Yeah, what the temperature had. is in the round. Oh, my God. So many factors. And it's so hard to explain to people, because I think that people, <laughs> their, their understanding of tasting, yeah. I think the most popular version, this is my wild conspiracy theory, is wine, right? Mm. And the thing about wine is that it's pretty controllable. Like, you get bottles that will taste a little bit different if yeah. they're, like, not treated correctly or something gets corked. But, like, the barrel of wine goes into a bunch of bottles, and those bottles from that barrel, more or less, going to be the same. Sure. Yeah. Right? And so then when they come to coffee or oysters, they're like, well, what are the notes on this? And it's like, it's not quite like that yeah. because yeah. it's not controllable like that. The coffee bean goes through so much stuff mm-hmm. between when it is a cherry on a tree to when it's about to be brewed. And then everything that happens after it's ground until you drink it will also change how it tastes. Mm-hmm. And oysters are very much the same way where 
It matters what part of the beach that they were on. It matters what time the tide was. It yeah. matters how whether they got taken off a dry beach or out of the water. It matters if they were wet stored at a second location. It matters if they were sitting in a cold room for three days. It matters if they got shucked right when they got there. It matters if they sat somewhere too warm. Like <laughs> yeah. it, Every single thing will impact it in a way that it's like, this tastes like this usually like as an idea Mm -hmm. like this is more or less the through line that you'll find but you'll get ones that are from the same beach from the same harvest and one of them's gonna be crazy briny because it was way up top and one of them's gonna be have this super umami sweetness because it was way down in the silt (laughs) and they're the same oyster we have so we we organize our oyster list um on our menu from most most mild to most briny Mm -hmm. Um, and it definitely confuses regulars when oysters will change position on the list throughout the year. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, they go through cycles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you do you like taste that when they come in, and then you decide, or does the distributor tell you that? We taste the lineup every oh, day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, I think it's really really hard to explain. It's one of the things that I run into a lot, where it's like, it is a natural product. Yeah. Like. Each one of these is its own organism that is going through its own stuff, and you really are only going to know what that oyster is going to be like the moment that you open it and eat it. So any guarantees that anybody's giving you before that is just educated guess. (laughs) (laughs) Why with, like, coffee, like, with, like, Starbucks, why they over, they, Mm -hmm. like, some people feel like they over, what's it called, roast it? Over roast it, yeah. So that it is more, like, consistent? Yeah, because carbon tastes the same no matter how you're drinking it, you know, and so it is, Mm. and I mean, that's what French roast comes from, is that French roast coffee was, I, oh man, this is going to be apocryphal, don't don't (laughs) fact check this, Um, but the understanding is that French roast coffee, part of it was that they were getting low-grade coffee that did not taste very good and so they just burned the hell out of it because then it would taste the same all the time oh yeah and that's like what it came from i was going to tie it to like the french revolution or something but i don't think any of that's true i'm not a history major i know nothing about this i would believe you yeah i can make i can make up a really good story don't worry um but that's for that consistency yeah and part of like the specialty coffee industry and the smaller roasters and things and people who are doing like lighter roasting is the idea of like actually bringing out flavor of the bean that you have instead of just aiming for uniformity Mm -hmm. which is risky because without like people want uniformity and you're not going to get that yeah and brewing at home is so different than brewing at a cafe it's i guess the hope would be that you are going there to get the consistency of like the quality of the like the work that people Mm -hmm. are doing as opposed to the quality or that quality but the consistency and taste right yeah totally and that's why like it's it's just it's hard to teach people that yeah because you don't want people to feel like they're wrong but also it's like i promise that this is a journey that'll be fun you just have to invest a little thinking in it Mm -hmm. And I feel like there is a, a certain level of trust, too. You're like, just mm-hmm. trust me. I, I promise <laughs> if you, I, will, I will give you the satisfaction right. that you're looking for. Right. But, you know, it might not be the exact experience you were set out to. Right. And that there are some things that just, like, can't be guaranteed. Right. Yeah. People don't like that. No, they don't. <laughs> Uncertainty is so scary. So um, scary. But there are really good oysters that out there, and you should just open them and try them, and yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, it will be fun. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Changing hearts and minds. <laughs> well, Michelle, let's uh, let, let's let's go to our at the past segment oh. and let's 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 play some games here. Let's do feel, it. Feel good. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so we um, have three different categories. We do a fuck, marry, kill. Okay. We do would you rather's, and then we throw you in a zombie apocalypse. Oh, okay. See how you oh, okay. <laughs> the worst kind of apocalypse. The worst kind. Um, so to start, we'll go with uh, our fuck, marry, kill. Okay. So, <clears throat> speaking of coffee, uh, we've got a mocha, a cappuccino, or a cortado. Oh, man. Can I ask what the definition of a cappuccino is in this scenario? Oh, gosh. I don't have a definition, <laughs> okay. so I trust you. <laughs> oh, this is hard. Okay, it's, uh, so this is if anybody listening is a coffee person, hopefully this will resonate. But there was a joke, there was a running joke at our cafe that everybody who orders a cappuccino doesn't know what they're ordering. Like, it is just like the ubiquitous, like, I want a cappuccino. And it's like, but what do you want in your heart? Like, you have to now explain <laughs> sure, it to me. Yeah. Because I think that people have really different, because I think that what people think, I want you both to tell me what you think a cappuccino is. Like, if you were to order a cappuccino, what are you expecting to show up? No wrong answers. Well, I mean, I don't ever order cappuccinos. Isn't it so espresso is it? and foam, right? Yeah, like a lot of foam. Mm-hmm. That's pretty Is that much right? It, right? And so a traditional cappuccino should be equal parts espresso, milk, and foam. Really? And it okay. should be about six ounces. Okay. And so you have about two ounces of espresso, two ounces of milk, and two ounces of foam, which is a higher ratio ratio of foam than a larger latte that will have significantly sure. more milk and significantly less foam. Um, most people don't think that. Most people think they want a big cup of foam. And that's why the 16-ounce <laughs> cappuccino is like kind of a coffee. We're awful coffee people are awful um a former one i love you all but um and so like a traditional cappuccino i think is so delicious i think a cortado has sort of replaced a traditional okay, cappuccino because i don't know what a cortado is because that's the one that they usually serve in a gibraltar which is like it's a glass like this but it usually has the little ridges on the side okay so you'll see that at most specialty coffee places um and it's slightly smaller than six ounces, yes. but it's usually much closer to that equal ratio. Oh. With like a little bit less milk and a little bit more espresso. But my answer is <laughs> kill the cappuccino, okay. fuck the mocha, yeah, that's right. marry the cortado. I think that's probably where I'd land. Yeah. And I say that truly on the basis of what a cappuccino means culturally, which sure. is nothing and everything. <laughs> Isn't that the same problem with, like, a macchiato? People don't really actually Oh, yeah, know nobody what knows what a macchiato is. That yeah. macchiato is, like, that, that name has just been dragged through yeah. the mud, though, because, like, I don't think it was my, this is another wild conspiracy theory, I don't think a macchiato was ever really a thing. Oh, really? I think it's sort of like the flat white, where it's, like, people just, like, pick, like, somebody made it somewhere and called it that, and then people are like, it's a thing, but none of us know what it is, or agree, or are gonna talk about it, and so it'll just be a fight that we have for the rest of time until somebody comes up with a new coffee term, okay. which will probably be long black, that's the next one, that's my next prediction of the thing that people are gonna order, which long they don't know black. what it is, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> just in five years, yeah. when the, the, the Starbucks here has a long black, you'll know I called it just now. How do you feel? It was here on the pod. <laughs> How do you feel about the, like, oleado coffee? Have you heard about this at Starbucks where they use, like, olive oil in their... Oh, I feel like that's going to make you poop so fast. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like I know. It does. Oil. It is. It just, just, I mean, if you're stopped up, girl, do whatever you need. Sure. But They've had it for a long time. I, well, it's kind of like the thing that off of the Bulletproof coffee, which was the thing. 
which was butter coconut oil in coffee. <laughs> what? That was like a weird like paleo thing. Like instead of putting uh, like cream, you'd just put like straight fat. Maybe it wasn't paleo. Okay. It was some oh, other yeah. fat. Oh, yeah. It was some other weird fatty. Butter? But it was oh. butter. But so we used to joke that if you used can of butter, it would just be the Seattle speedball. <laughs> THC butter and just put espresso straight on it. Seattle speedball. Oh, like man. That. Yeah. That's that sounds like fun. It would, it's, I gotta say, they're a really nice pairing. Weed and, <laughs> weed and coffee goes yeah. quite nicely together, in my opinion. Seattle Speedball. Yeah, Seattle Speedball. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, so I think it's a riff on that. But olive oil is, does a lot more movement than butter I don't get it, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I love olive oil. Very I like good. a really tasty olive oil. I think they're yeah. so good. I think, speaking of things that you can taste that have, like, so much more to them than people put to them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll eat an olive oil ice cream. Like, that's yeah, yeah. delicious. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it. I just, I would never have, like... But you know... I I, I feel like it's, like, a recipe for disaster, yeah, so... it's really playing on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, I just assume, no offense to Starbucks, that the olive oil that they're using is probably, like... I'm picturing, like, the jug of the, like, Kirkland. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's that, like, pretty popular one that starts with a B, 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 b. There's a pretty popular olive oil that I think starts with a B, and it's that one. Because it's, yeah. like, branded. Yeah. It's, like, blah, blah, blah's olive oil oleato or something like that. Bortelli? I mean, if you, have, maybe. if you ever had the, the... If you ever had tummy troubles, though, give it a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Call in. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. Um... Uh, just because of our connection with pie, uh, fuck Mary Kill, a savory pie. I came up with this. A custard or a cream pie, a custard cream, or a fruit pie. This is a little on the nose, I feel, but I would kill the fruit pie, despite the fact that I love fruit pies. Really? But over the other two, and then I was I, not expecting. Yeah, I know this is a while. This is top take. Ah, and then I'd marry the savory yeah, guy because yeah, yeah. I genuinely, marry the savory I have, pie. I, we have savory pies, not, I have a savory pie more frequently than I have any other kind of pie. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're there, but I love a savory pie. Ooh. Yeah. I yeah. love a savory pie. They're great. Well, does shepherd's pie count as a pie? It has pie in the name. Yeah. 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 Savory pie. It's like not a crusted. But and then, yeah. then you're fucking the cream. Custard. I would, which I realize is a little on the nose, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I one hundred percent. I find them. I feel pie. like I feel like in a fuck Mary kill, the fuck should always be something that's like a little bit you shouldn't, but like you will one time. Like you know you can't stay. I like that. Because um, then you marry them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It is one of those things where it's like, man, like a custard pie or a lemon meringue or like any like those are i love a fruit pie <laughs> truly this is a i'm so sorry to have to murder them all yeah, to choose um, something. yeah but like if you're like you can either never have a lemon meringue or a custard like a chocolate custard or lemon ice box or whatever i'm going very lemon um or you can never have an apple pie again i'd be like well that's easy <laughs> See, I feel like you're I the exact like, opposite. I am the exact yeah. opposite. Yeah, so like I'm I'm one hundred percent marrying so. the fruit pie, mm-hmm. killing the cream pie, and fucking the savory pie. <laughs> <laughs> you love a fruit pie. I love a fruit pie. Yeah. Cherry think... pie, blackberry pie, yeah. marionberry pie. Give me all them fucking pies. Blueberry pie, pies. strawberry rhubarb pie. Yeah. I love a strawberry rhubarb. I don't love most berry pies. Really? I'm not a huge. This is a secret. 
I actually said this to a reveal. I said this to a coworker of mine once because there was this raspberry bush that grew right outside our cafe, and she used to go pick the raspberries on it and bring them inside and we'd eat them. And they were the secret raspberries that grew behind the cafe. Yeah. And once she was like, "Do you want more raspberries?" I was like, "You know, raspberry's not my favorite berry." And the face that she made in that moment was like, I just like kicked her cat. I was like, "They're just very, they're very seedy, they're very sour. Yeah. It's just I'll eat them. I enjoy them. Yeah. A good raspberry." Raspberry is delicious. Yes. Don't love a berry pie. Hmm. Yeah, I, like, I love berry pies. I'll eat berries. I like berries in a jam, not in a pie. I get it. I mean, too watery. I mean, I don't, but sure. You're wrong. I still respect is, you. Hold on. If we, if I kill a custard pie, that's pumpkin pie. Pumpkin that pie is, pumpkin is a pie. custard. Is pumpkin yeah. pie. See, pumpkin that's pie rough delicious. stuff. Because I, I was gonna love say, pumpkin stuff. pie. Is pecan would technically be a custard pie too, and pecan pie I could live off. Is pecan pie a custard? I mean, you it make like you it, you make a like because the yeah. the like. You probably right. I don't have pie is really good too. I'm just gonna look at the chef until he oh. tells me what it is when you have all the sugar because you make it's like sugar and egg and nuts yeah and then like four types of corn syrup yeah roughly um and then you like and it has to like set. I think is that, that a third I think, kind? I think of, a custard is, that kind is of pie? if it has egg in it, but that could totally be wrong too. I'm just going to look at my... percent sure. You have to make a decision right now. <laughs> what defines a customer? I'll look it up. Why you do the next one? I'll look it up. Uh, the next one. Fuck, Mary kill. Tomato edition. Cherry tomatoes, heirloom tomatoes, Roma tomatoes. Ooh. It's hard because the Romas are good for longer, but less good. Yep. Like, their peak is... is They are more consistent for <laughs> more time, so you can eat more tomatoes, which is always... That is key. always that was always a plus. Yeah, that is consistency is key. Cherry tomatoes have their place though, and they also have like a nice like peak. Like, yeah. They're really good. They're really good for quite a bit. For I think. quite a bit, yeah. and because they have that shorter growing season. Yeah. But I don't. Mm, I think it would have to be. Oh, I'm gonna have to do it because it's like the nice guy of tomatoes. Is I'm gonna have to kill the Roma. Okay. Not because they did anything wrong. They just, I mean, like, they're the good cooking the tomato. Three. They're consistent. If I'm at a store and I just need a tomato and I don't think anything, that, if I'm at a regular store, I'm probably going to go with Aroma. But I don't think I don't think I need them in my life. I think yeah. I'd fuck an heirloom because, let's be real, they're really great for, like, ten seconds. <laughs> you got to move on. They're not there for the long term. Yeah. They're not going to support you. And your needs for longer than that. <laughs> sure, yeah. And then I think I'd marry the cherry because, you know, I can get, it feels bad in my heart when I do it, but I'll buy the package of the Mexican cherry tomatoes in December when I just need to feel some joy again. Yeah. You know? I get <laughs> and I just need a salad. <laughs> to remember that the sun does exist somewhere in yeah, this universe. Somewhere. Yeah, and it will be back for me. Do you have something you'd like to... I do. Tell me about custard pies. Breaking news, breaking news. So first, a custard pie is defined as a plain mixture of milk, eggs, sugar, salt, vanilla extract. And so then I looked up if pecan pie is considered a custard, and it says, yes, pecan pies are a type of custard. Yeah. I sort of assumed that the custard cream category was everything that was not explicitly a fruit pie. Yeah. So I don't think that I can kill it. I don't. No. <laughs> I think if you had told me that it would specifically be that I could just have 
apple pie with a slice of cheddar on it, it might have changed my entire answer because that is it's tough. I just love pie. Apple pie with a slice of cheddar. Yeah. yeah have you not had this? No. What are you? What we gotta go get a pie like right now. What the fuck are you both talking about? What apple pie with cheddar cheese melted on top of it? No, it is. You're out of your goddamn mind. Dude, no fucking way. No, it's. And this is not something that's insane. We're not. We didn't make this up. You guys, you guys, we called each other before this interview. We're gonna prank Mike Good with our cheese pie joke. This does not make any sense to me. Once Quentin made some apple pies for like an old jobs work event thing and he made some apple pies and one of them that he made he put an entire layer of cheddar underneath the top crust of this apple pie and the man um I feel like I've part of me is like can I say can I say who people are I probably shouldn't but a man who owns like a very prominent business near where I live now um was there and he found out that this pie had a layer of cheddar under the top crust. And he, we were at like a potluck. Like this was like a party. And the guy came up to Quentin and he was like, I would like to buy this entire pie to have for me. <laughs> and bought the whole pie for $30 for from him. Quentin. And I didn't get any. What? <laughs> and we lost, lost that pie dish. Oh, I was like, you didn't take a deposit on the pie dish? He's like, give me 30 bucks. Okay, so Michael, it's, so apple and cheddar is a thing, right? Yeah. Cheese yeah. and apples, delicious, yeah. perfect. Yeah. A great yeah. snack, some yeah. might say. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have you try it. I'm just gonna make the an apple pie. Cheese and the cinnamon. Have. I don't like that. It's, that's, dude, that's, it's where, so that's good. where it fucks my brain up. Know, dude, it's, it's really good though. It's so good. Yeah. I really can't well, oversee I'm, it. I, I'll, I'll, well, have I'll you ever had? Here's other weird foods that I think come from my father. <laughs> One of my favorite things to eat is applesauce and cottage cheese. Fuck cottage cheese. Oh, no, cottage cheese is so good. No, no, oh, man. It's so good. No, this, that, is a, that is truly a line in the sand. It is. We did, we did a poll at Western last year, and it was literally 50-50 down the middle of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. People who either... Hated cottage cheese or yeah. people who absolutely loved it. My coworker Justin, who you know quite well, who's shucking oysters at Elliot's right now, <laughs> also deeply hates cottage cheese and doesn't understand how anyone could eat it. And both yeah. my coworker are like, "Nope, it's great. It's perfect food. People love it. It's delicious. <laughs> See it as like a delicious delicacy. It's yes. with my with Quentin and I." There is very little food that we will not very openly share with one another, and we regularly get two things of cottage cheese because otherwise it'll get eaten too fast, and we'll be mad That's that there's any left. That's loving cottage cheese. Yeah, cottage cheese. we're cottage uh, cheese house. Yeah, cottage yeah. cheese and applesauce looks horrific. Looks yeah, ungodly. Yeah, <laughs> is delicious. Yeah. It is so good. It's cheesy and appley. Mm. Yeah, so good. Um, well, now we're going to put you in a zombie apocalypse. Zombie apocalypse. We're throwing you in it. Um, you know, you are, you are entering the apocalypse times, so you start to prep. Mm-hmm. You decide to stash three seeds that you can grow in your apocalypse garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. seeds do you bring? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. I'd probably bring a, a pea. Pea. Or a bean. Okay. One like a legume. Fast. I gotta I gotta think about the legume. Yeah. yeah. The specific Beans are really legume. Important. But like a bean or a pea. One because it's really hard, easy to harvest new seeds off of them. Yeah. So you got like longevity, and because they're easy to like grow. 
And they grow fast. And they grow fast. And they grow early. And again, easy to preserve the seeds from. And they grow here. Yes. I assume we're here. <laughs> I assume this is a Pacific Northwest zombie we, apocalypse sure. scenario. Why not? I'm not going to be like, I'm in the Amazon. <laughs> There's food everywhere. I don't need to save any seeds. Passion fruit. Um, <laughs> and then another seed. Oh, man. And then a potato. A lot of people have said potato. Potato's smart. Potato's yeah, because it's so Similarly easy. Similarly to the pea, yeah. really easy. You can just split it and then you grow more. Yep. You can grow, get a lot out yeah. of a single one. And it's a good source of carbs, which yeah. you need in a zombie And apocalypse. easy to store mm-hmm. over a long period okay. of time. And you can store it where you grow it. Oh, yeah. Just in the ground. Um, and then, okay, I'm going to... Because I feel like I could go with pea and legume as two different ones. Like, could do, like, a runner bean mm-hmm. and then a green pea because they fill different niches, but that seems boring. So I'm going to say potato. I'm going to say a runner bean. I'd pick a pretty one just, like, for fun. Yeah. One of the big ones, like the scarlets or something um, that's, like, big and pink and weird. Um, just because, you know, if we're going to live through the apocalypse, we're going to have weird beans when we're done, okay? Yeah. I don't yeah. want to come through it and be like, all we got left is just the, basic the bean. like, most basic yeah. bean we have. No, I want a weird bean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, last seed. I feel like I want to say something that's not terribly practical. But that also grows like crazy. I'm thinking longevity here. As I'm like, because it'd be hard to start. This would be a risky seed. But getting something like a tomatillo. Because once you get them established, you're never going to not have tomatillos. That's true. You love tomatillos. And they're delicious. And and ground cherries. And And ground cherries and things like that. And like once you get them going, they're going to keep going. (laughs) And then you'll have this thing that you can make sauces with and that's bright and has like uh, vitamin D and... Fruit. I have faith fruit. in you. I bet you could do it. Yeah. yeah. Those are those are, yeah. those are good those choices. Those are my choices. I yeah. like that. Those are good. Thank you. That was less scary than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, which of your arms do you eat first? <laughs> no, no, Left no, no. or right? I really wanted to... One, well... <laughs> um, I really wanted to create... Um, the scenario where the only thing that you come upon is dog food and how do you prepare <laughs> and Michael said that's a step too far and I was like that's a challenge though it is a challenge yeah. I feel like depending on how hungry you are I've seen some dog food that I'm yeah, like yeah and how would you prepare it you know make it we edible were, we were working a festival that I think the dog was at that I think Ripley was at with us crab fest year that Ripley stayed and hung out <laughs> back in the day um and we had a bag with like our snacks in it and then we had another bag with like all the dog stuff in it and somebody who was working with us our buddy Nick like pulled this bag of dog jerky out of the bag of dog stuff mm-hmm. and I was like that's for dogs he goes ha 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 and then like took like <laughs> like ate a piece of it and I was in there just munching I was like no, that's like dog food, man. And he goes, oh, I thought it was under salted. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, so I think there's some stuff it, out there that's pretty good. I know that good. there's, yeah, like not always human grade food, but yeah. dog food, but, you know. You only come upon Canadian dog food made with the highest of standards. How do yeah. you prepare it? Yeah. Hot water probably is the first step. Well, instead I did a slight little twist on that little challenge, so... You can bring two canned items. Mm-hmm. What, is the, what are the two canned items, and what is the first thing that you make with them? Beans. 
Beans and tomatoes. Beans and canned tomatoes. And what, Beans what's, and canned what's tomatoes. the first thing that you make? <clears throat> I mean, man, I only have two cans. Can I get like a case of each? Oh, yeah. Let's let you go. Unlimited amounts of each. Oh, you just have beans? Yes. Oh, if I just had beans and tomatoes. I'm fine. Make- <laughs> like, I'm good. I will eat just tomatoes and beans cooked together for the rest of time. Fair enough. I would do that, like, now. Like, if you were like, you can eat pizza and beans. Or, like, pizza. There's this recipe <laughs> that my coworker, my, my lovely coworker, taught me that she lovingly refers to as pizza beans, where you just take all the things that you would put on pizza but instead of putting it on pizza, you <laughs> stew beans in it, and then you top it with cheese, and then you bake it, and then you well, eat it with crusty bread. Yeah, it. It's a perfect food. Yeah. Pizza beans. I realize pizza there's beans. no cheese in this scenario, but it's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. I can imagine can, the cheese yeah. exactly. while yeah. hiding in my bunker. <laughs> I love pizza it. Pizza beans. No, beans and tomatoes, yeah. That's great. But I would, I would probably, like, presuming I could, like, rustle up some stuff to make some sort of a, like, pasta. Yeah. Sure. Then I just put yeah. the beans and tomatoes <laughs> on pasta. See, you can put it on anything. Oh, what yeah. do you do? You find some potatoes. When potatoes are ready, yeah, you go like a little like green chili route when oh, the tomatillos there you go. are ready. There you go. We're eating. And then you got more beans. I can live beans. off beans. <laughs> there, like, I, I've been trying to eat more beans in they're, my diet, and they're because they're, so they're so 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 good for you. And they're so do you have a favorite good. bean? Oh man, I've got a list. I would say. One of my comfort foods is lima beans. Okay. Always has been specifically, and they're hard to find because I don't think anyone else in the world feels this way about them, but specifically the frozen lima beans from the store. Really? Even, I okay. just like used to microwave them with like a little bit That's of butter like, and salt and just eat a bowl Michelle, of lima beans. my mom loved frozen lima beans. And they're so good. And she would make them for us and we'd be like... Take this away, please. Because she's just like, Girl, you know. Call. She should have called me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she loved frozen, frozen lima beans. beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, because yeah. they're so delicious. Yeah. I think now as an adult, I think I would enjoy it more. Yeah. But when I was a kid, she, but she also wasn't like salting. I mean, she didn't do I anything. I do put butter and salt on them. Yeah. I'm not, a, yeah. I'm not here to suffer. <laughs> not here to suffer. Um, but I love a lime bean. I like big beans. Um, I really like white beans. Yes, me too. I really like garbanzo beans. Yeah, garbanzos are probably my... Garbanzos, I feel like you can do the most with garbanzos. Like, I would put garbanzos in... Totally. Almost anywhere. Yeah. You can put them in pasta, you can put them in soup, you can put them... them. A toasty, a toasty garbanzo. Yeah. There's a bar in town that's been roasting them and putting sriracha and lime on them, or Mm. sriracha equivalent and lime on them, and they are spicy. (laughs) Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, while you are finding your kind of hideout in this zombie mm-hmm. apocalypse, you mm-hmm. do find a giant stash of beer. Okay. Lucky you. You're a beer head. What is your, uh, what's what's the beer you're going to survive on? Oh, man. Do I have to pick, like, a very specific one? No. You Just can go, general? You can go general. If you have specific, I'd love to hear it, but. Um, I really like. The, the joke that I always have is I like, like, the weak yellow beer. Like, I want a Pilsner. I want a lager. Yeah. I want that. I want it to be yellow. <laughs> I don't want it to be foggy. I don't want it to taste like mm. some other nonsense. Something light and crisp. Mm-hmm. I will say, and this is biased and a plug for a dear friend of mine who is a brewer <laughs> in Olympia at Matchless okay. um, Brewery. He does a Tumwater Pilsner that's a riff on oh, a Bitburger. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and that is one of my favorite beers. Master's and every brewing. time they have it, yeah. Okay. And it has a little label that says, I'll have a tum, please. And every time <laughs> the tub water pilsner from Mattress Brewing is ready, I am always so excited. I do, I do love good. me a pilsner. I'm going to have mm. to try that one. It's a really good one. Uh, it does. I, they only do it occasionally, but I will find out. I've got I've got an inside you, you guy. Got, you got the hookup? They also do a really good like Japanese rice lager called the Fudasan mm. that I really like. Okay. I know a brewer there, so I do drink a lot of matchless yes. beer. <laughs> and so I have like, those are the ones that I'm like, I know that I love this and I will drink it every time I see it. Mm. It's good beer. But there, Yeah, it's great beer. They do a great job. Oh, yeah. Not biased at all. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> um, now we got a few uh, would you rather's. Hit me. And these are uh, these these are more uh, seafood edition. We'll say. Okay. Uh, would you rather give up crab or shrimp slash prawns? It would have to be crab. I could not give up shrimp. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, I was, no, was, was going to say, I thought, I, I thought shrimp, that, that would take more time to no, answer. Shrimp is, I mean, I love all of those things, but that would be hard for me to decide. I do really like crab. I think that having spent a number of years in the past decade working at Crab Festival has slightly brought down my love of crab when oh. you've processed Hundreds. literally of thousands, thousands of yeah. them. <laughs> um, brings down the love just a smidge when I have like a bin of laundry that I do afterward that just reeks of crab it can be a little bit hard sure but also like shrimp were like my first love like eating shrimp as a little kid like that was like my favorite food when I was little Hell yeah. and I loved shrimp and I still love shrimp and like when we get the spot prawns in at work and we mm. have the day that we have to spend processing them because you have to be so fast on spot so prawns. Yeah. And like I could easily be like, I don't do spot prawns, but I'm like, I do need to bring like five pounds of these home for like <laughs> yeah. just me. Yeah. So I will work the whole day processing if I have to <laughs> to earn my keep. But yeah, no, I couldn't what I couldn't give up do? prawns. I couldn't give them sh- scrimps. I mean, in that case, I would probably have to give up crab, too. But I would be really, really, really sad and upset about it. There's, like, mm-hmm. the work to the meat to I'd the have, ratio to the... Yeah. I'd, I'd, have, have, I'd the, have the delicious, delicious shrimp to dry my tears <laughs> with, so... That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I couldn't, couldn't... Yeah, that's I fair. I couldn't give them up. Not even think about it. <laughs> would you rather only ever eat baked oysters or fried oysters... Fried. Fried. Really? Mm-hmm. Also, I did not have a baked oyster until I moved to Washington. Hmm. I grew up eating oysters. I ate oysters my well, whole childhood. So, yeah, I mean, Southern oysters, you don't, you don't bake them, you fry them. My favorite po' boy is at this place in New Orleans that I assume is still open. That was my dad's favorite place in college called Liuza's. Liuza. Liuza's. Yeah. And you, they had big thing is that they had is they had frosted beer mugs that were like these mugs that kind of look like the crappy margarita glasses at like a bad Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Like American Mexican. But they'd freeze them so they'd be frosted and you're in New Orleans so you know there's like a half inch of ice by the time it gets to you because the air is water. (laughs) And what they would do for the kids is they'd do frosted root beers and give it to you in the same big glass. And so we'd go and get frosted root beers and you could order a po' boy that was half fried shrimp, half fried oysters. And that was the move. Yeah. I just have never had a fried oyster that I enjoyed. So I'm feeling like I've 
only had not great fried Maybe. Oysters. They do well, have the stomach that turns people off because it turns, like, greeny when uh-huh. it's fried. So when you bite into uh-huh. it, you see that greeny uh-huh. center. Well, I've, yeah. had, I've had this discussion with a couple different people, and I think the key is to, like, par-cook them a little bit. Like, steam them. A lot of people boil just, them yeah, and then ju- fry just, them. just a little bit, so you firm the texture up, and then you fry them. I think that's, I think that's the pro move. I... I've never, done, I've never done that, but <laughs> I will eat them all the time. I think they're just so good, I just see right past the stuff. I just, it doesn't. Yeah. I've yeah. also, it is one of those foods that I think that a lot of people come to oysters in adulthood, and I don't remember eating my first oyster. Like, I've been eating oysters since. Oh, sure. You were little. My memory began. Yeah. And yeah, they were always, like, that. very special, and, like, it was like, no, we get to go eat oysters. And so having it positioned like that was, like, Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael has this dream that we will have a child who will, like, shuck their own oysters at, like, age three and they just slurp them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's his dream. This is uh, an aside, but the first Valentine's Day that my partner, who also worked at Coastal Kitchen, and I had together, we were working at Coastal on Valentine's Day. And I worked that Valentine's Day. Yeah, you did work that Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. And I got yelled at. A nightmare. <laughs> Truly a nightmare, but it's lived in its memory for two reasons. Is I was on pantry and Hugh was on the raw bar. And so he was shucking oysters. Yeah. And of course it's Valentine's Day, so we had a billion oysters to shuck. And so I was helping over there with him intermittently. And this family came and sat because we had that bar where people could sit. And they sat all the way over towards my section. So, like, right in front of me. And it was this young couple and their young daughter. And she had to have been, like, three. And they were out on Valentine's Day together, sat at the bar. And they were like, well, we came out because she wanted oysters. And they ordered oysters. And I watched this little girl put down, like, a dozen (laughs) oysters. She was, like, little. And she was, like, cool. And, like, ate them up. And, like, little kids do. She was like, okay, Mom, Dad, more, please. (laughs) And they were like, she's going to eat us out of house and a home like what have we done yeah and it was this kid was so stoked on these raw oysters and ate so many of them while her parents were just like i don't know what has happened and uh, it was very cute yeah the other thing i remember is this is gross if you want to cut it here is that the water used to pool up behind the line there yeah. And we had had a salad that had beets and blood oranges on it. Oh. And so a lot of the water coming off of the pantry line was beet and blood orange colored. And so the water was quite pink. And so Quentin took two of the dirty oyster towels yeah. that were wet yeah. and folded them into a little heart. And he like came over and we were like secret dating at the yeah. time because, you yeah. know, this was a forever ago. And I was working there, and he was working there, and didn't want anyone to know we were doing stuff. And he just, like, came over and, like, kind of, like, nudged me and pointed down. And I was like, this is, like, the worst and funniest romantic gesture I've ever seen in my life, where it's just like, happy Valentine's Day, new girlfriend. (laughs) So good. Yeah. I had a picture of it on my old phone, and it was just so nasty. And I was like, I don't know what I'm ever going to do with this, but it was very funny. It was very of the time, I feel. Um, And then our last Would You Rather, which is a fun one that Eleanor kind of came up with, is uh, if you were an oyster, would you rather be tumbled or beach grown? (laughs) Mm, That's a good question. Yeah. And hard to answer. Yeah. 
Partially because we also asked Lauren this one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Partially because I think that the beach grown ones are so stunning looking. Like I think that those shells when they get like frilly and big and wild look so cool. Yeah. And like that would be fun to be that fancy. Sure. I was kinda thinking like your life and what you want. Whether you'd rather be tumbled or live on the beach. Yeah, See, I just wanna float around, get strong. I was gonna say the tumble bags definitely bag. sound like but then a little also, bit more. Doesn't cush. it sound nice to be like nestled in the sand? Like, yeah, I feel like you'd always be afraid of like the yeah, drill them. snails and yeah. the crabs. Get out of here, moon snail! And all of oh. the like barnacle set. I guess you get that in the tumble bags too. Yeah, well, so. think about it that a way. little bit. Yeah, there's predators out there. That's what I say when people, because it's like a popular um, or it's an interesting opinion that people have where they consider oysters vegan, depending. I I, I take Which they are. I think that they should. They should be. Considered. They make sense. <laughs> they don't have a central nervous system. Like they don't feel pain. Oh. They're not bad for the environment. Like harvesting and growing oysters is like a net positive oh. for carbon production and water quality and all of these things. Like they're amazing in the places that they grow. It's like the opposite of a cow, where a cow makes everything worse, and yeah. oyster makes everything better. And so they have no environmental impact to positive environmental impact. They don't have a central nervous system, so they don't feel pain in any way that we can conceive of it. Like, they don't have a brain. Um, they And, like, they're kind of rocks. Like, they kind of don't yeah. do much. They don't have mobility. They don't make decisions. They don't have autonomy. Like, even a scallop has more autonomy than an oyster <laughs> yeah. does. And so a lot of people consider them a vegan food because when you think about the reasons to be vegan, it's because of the environment, it's because of animal cruelty, it's because of these other things totally. that oysters just kind of don't fall into. I also like to joke that they are seeds that we take out and, like, plant and then wait and then harvest them in, like, a basket. Like, yeah. it's... <laughs> yeah, because they also, they've said, too, that, like, plants feel things and they, like, yeah. hear you when you talk to them and yeah. those kinds of things. Totally. So. So might as well. Yeah, might as well eat oysters. That's right. That's the conclusion (laughs) at the end of the day. But um, to that end, one of the jokes that I often make about it is like, I mean, the best case scenario for an oyster's life is that it gets cracked open and eaten by something. Like, that's how it's going. It's just a matter of who's doing it when. when, And if it's an otter with a rock or if it's a person with a knife or if it's like, that's that's the end for all of them. None of them get to, like, graduate. Like, that's it. They just keep growing until something gets them and eats them. Yeah. Or kills them. So, would you want to be tumbled, or would you want to be resting inside of the sand? I think I'd want to be tumbled, also, because I think that tumbled oysters, that's my personal preference. I like a tumbled oyster. I didn't think about the predators. I was just kind of thinking of how nice it would be. To just be be nestled in the sand. I also feel like in my mind, and this isn't true everywhere necessarily, but I also think of the beach oysters have to deal with the high and low tides. It'd be very hot. It would like you get warmed up and then cooled off and then warmed up. And it's kinda nice. (laughs) And you'd have the frilly shell so you'd look beautiful. Yeah. 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 I think I'd go tumbled. Mm. I think you'd have friends. That aren't just growing on you. I'll be there with you. Yeah. We'll hang out. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, we're hanging out in the tumble basket. I don't know what to tell you. on the beach, aren't Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> we're nearby. Yeah. We can shout yeah, hello. I can shout at you, but you know I don't want that many gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I interpreted it as. I don't want to be near you. <laughs> Well, Michelle, we only got a couple more questions before we get you out of here. Uh, the the kind of key one is, what is your death row meal? Oh, man, that's such a good question that I haven't considered at all. <laughs> oh, wow. 
because I've thought about this, there's all those, like, photo shoots of people's last meals yes. that they, like, recreate, mm-hmm. and I'm so into that stuff. <laughs> it's fascinating. Oh, my God, it's yeah. so interesting. And so part of me, like, it's like, who am I and who do I want to be? And there's a part of me that's like, I'd choose something, like, crazy and artistic where it's like I just want one lima bean on a tray and it's like but I'm not actually that person at all the thing that immediately came to mind just now when I was like what would I want the last thing to eat that I eat to be and I don't I I don't stand by this don't quote me on this later maybe do is the thought that I had is like a Seattle dog like I just want a hot dog with like cream cheese and onions and peppers and it's like comforting and filling and has good memories associated with it and it's not like because realistically it could be like a steak or something but you know that that's not going to be like I feel like your last meal if you're on death row isn't like feeling good you know (laughs) like it's not like "Mm, delicious steak and I know that they couldn't fuck up a hot dog that bad yeah it's yeah. another consideration. I guess there is something to think about. Like, do you get to bring in your chef? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to just assume that they're making it pretty good. Like, when I think about death row meal, like, I'm not thinking about if the, if the cook is going to fuck up my steak. I think, oh, they're going to make my but steak imagine, fucking good. But oh, imagine. Oh, if they did, I'd be, I'd be furious. I'd throw a fit. I'd, but imagine. <laughs> I'd rage. You know, and then you'd be dead. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, we generally treat our prisoner population so well. I assume yeah. that they wouldn't overcook the state. Yeah, that's so true. Not to get political. Man, For sure. Podcast. That's a good idea. That is a good, yeah, that is Seattle a good dog concern. with the cream cheese and the onions and nice. the peppers and the sriracha. I like that. Or sriracha adjacent. Yeah. Hot sauce. We have definitely shared a Seattle dog at some point. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I think all, all of us, yeah. <laughs> Together, apart, yep. the, the, oh, yeah. all of us on our individual triangulations. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the last final question is: What are you gonna eat after this? What's what's oh, for dinner? What's, what's for, for snacks dinner? later? Um, I think we have a bunch of leftover rice at the house, and there was a speakings of spam fried rice. Yum. Mm. For for I I think that my lovely partner is going to be cooking some spam fried rice for me when I get home. That sounds great. I think spam, is the plan. Spam usually comes up in the zombie apocalypse scenario. That makes like, sense as, for as, canned as, food. As a, as a canned yeah. food. I was thinking of circular cans, not <laughs> rectangular ones. I limited yeah. my options. That was definitely one of the purchases that we made early in the pandemic was like we went to Costco and we got like spam and so many beans and we're we like, still have we're spam good. and rice down in our basement we, from early yeah. pandemic spending and <laughs> we also got a 50 pound bag of dry garbanzo beans and a bag of brown rice and a bag of white rice nice. and we have some of those things left a lot of flour a lot of flour <laughs> yeah he's a baker boy that one yeah a lot of flour we he needed pizza yeah yeah well, that's good. That's great. Mm-hmm. Michelle, thank you for being here and doing this with us. This was awesome. This it's... was so fun. Yeah, I could do this for like five more yeah, hours. Yeah, what else do you guys want to talk about? We'll have to have you back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. A re-up. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug? Anything that you're excited about right now? Anything you're working on? Yeah. Um, speaking of my partner, I talked about a few times. Um, Quentin is starting a business down in Olympia and so Exciting. it is um newly minted called the Olympic Baking Bakers Alliance Olympic Bakers Alliance he named it like yesterday I'm sorry okay. <laughs> um but they're going to be starting doing some pop-ups and cool. some kind of ghost kitchen stuff Very this cool. winter and so TBD on the where's and when's and all of it but the plans are in motion and we're yeah. excited about that so if you're in the Olympia area and want some good and new food that's a spot. That's so cool. Baking yeah, primarily, like baked goods. Um, or I know that pizza. Stuff. Okay. Pizza is, I think, 
high on the list of things that are going to be coming out. I know that we, there, we've had a lot of Detroit-style pizza circling through our house recently okay. um, as we're figuring out that style and recipe testing. Deep dish? Right? Sort of. Deeper. It's I'm going to get the definition wrong and some pizza <laughs> head is going to come for me. Um, but it's like, it's a thicker crust and it's rectangular. And the oh, big okay. thing is that the toppings kind of go straight on the crust and then the sauce is baked on top of it. Okay. So it's a bit saucier. Okay. A bit crustier. Hmm. Not as like, not as like a deep dish is like kind of not like a ton more like, crust. It's just like a ton of filling. And so okay. it's kind of like the in-between. Okay. I know in, so in Chicago, a famous uh, pizza place is called Luminati's and um, they are deep dish, but they also do that sort of like upside down yeah. pizza where the sauce is on the top. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's like that, but it's like not, I don't, I think of deep dishes like pretty deep and yeah. these are not as deep. And part of it is also that the cheese is on the outside of the crust as well. So you get this kind of like crispy cheese Ooh. thing. Again, oh, yeah. I'm sorry for, I'm so sorry I'm getting this wrong, Quentin, but <laughs> you can show them what you mean for real later. Yeah. I yeah. promise. But they're going to be doing some stuff and I, I think that the plan is to have it really be kind of an open thing and also bring some other people in. Cool. Um, yeah, and, very cool. Yeah, and so hopefully be a space for baking and cooking and having some new and exciting food. Will he kind of bounce around or does he like find, is he trying to get a location? Um, right now it's just um, out of a commissary that's open downtown. Cool. That's not being used that they're working out with. And so where the food itself is going to be served, again, if it's like a ghost kitchen, it might be kind of just like showing up at your door yeah. <laughs> versus um, some pop-ups. And I think that they're coordinating with some folks, but TBD. Nice. Yeah. Can you remind me the name again? Olympic Bakers Alliance. Olympic Bakers Alliance. And I think that their pop-ups will have some fun little fun little names as well. Cool. And that'll kind of be under that umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a great chair. Well, yeah. Michelle, thank you again, and we yeah. love you. We love, we love <laughs> you guys. This was so fun. I really could for hours do this, frankly. Thank you so much for listening to The Bashful Clan Presents What Are You Eating? Please make sure to like and subscribe, rate and review, all the things that podcasts ask you to do. And please follow us on social media at the.bashful.clam. You can also support our cause by helping donate towards a better recording setup and new microphones via Venmo at The Bashful Clam. A quick note for those who have been following along, we are moving to a bi-weekly format for 2024. We also ask that you please send in your feedback. We get the great privilege to interview incredible guests, but we want to hear from our listeners. What sort of snacks are you munching on while you listen? What burning questions do you have that we should be asking our guests? What sort of games would you like to see us play? We want to know what you are eating. Thank you. Bye.